This week's FPL Wildcards is brought to you by Starting Eleven. Starting Eleven is a daily fantasy football app where users build a new squad each week. There's no salary cap and no transfer limitations. And the best part is that you can make up to three substitutions during live play. If your striker is isolated or your midfield is disjointed, you can make a tactical change. A defender goes down, bring on a sub. Just like the real manager. This is the future of fantasy football. To find out more about Starting Eleven, check out starting11.io and enter your email address so that you're the first to know when you can start building your lineups for game week one. That's starting11.io. Welcome everyone, this is the inaugural FPL Wildcards podcast. You what? used my word, inaugural. I did, yeah. you got to copyright that now. I know. We're here, finally. Um, we set up the social media page about four or five weeks ago, and this is our first attempt to delve into the podcasting world, and pretty much into the fantasy football community. We've been players of the game for a little while, but we just felt we wanted to get a little more involved, and really we just wanted to make a podcast, didn't we? Yeah, I've been wanting to make a podcast now for a few years but you know you have like a million ideas about what things to do um, but I was a little worried it would just be one guy talking about something really boring and actually it would be boring because I probably would have done it on programming. So now it's two guys talking about something not boring but probably making it boring. You know about a month ago Andrew says do you want to do a podcast and I immediately jumped on and said yep why not. Uh, we threw around a few ideas, but... This know. is literally how it went. I was sat upstairs, I'd just been listening to a podcast, and I thought, you know what, I'd really like to make a podcast. So I messaged Neil, you want to make a podcast? He's like, sure, what about? He's like, we love fantasy football, fantasy football? And he's like, yeah. I pretty much like being the wildcard thing. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think our first idea we had, though, was a, the podcast was going to be called Two Guys With Dicks. Because essentially, he's a guy, I'm a guy, we both have dicks to some extent, so we just thought, two guys with dicks, it's got a certain ring to it. Yeah, but my idea was actually having like us and Julian dicks in on it as well. So two guys with dicks would make sense. And we thought we could get around the inevitable iTunes kickback of having dick in your title. Exactly. It was a genius plan, and we did try to source Julian dicks, but apparently he was contractually unavailable, whatever that means. Yeah, he's got a real job now, apparently. I thought Julian dicks was just like a bum, but... He's coaching some London pub team, I don't know, so we couldn't get him, so we decided to go with the wildcards thing instead. Yeah, the pub team plays like Wembley or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Wembley curse and all that. So, yep, the last four weeks, once we decided we wanted to come up with this idea, we started with the website. I decided to delve into writing some articles. So I have no, as you'll be able to tell from the articles, no journalistic background, whatever. I've never wrote articles before, but I have a passion for the game. So I just really set about writing the articles the way I'd like to read them. It's not what you're going to get on Sky Sports Football. It's a little bit more adult than that, you might say. So I've just tried to put my spin on what other people are doing. Just try and put our take on it. 
And I'm the guy who spoils the party and edits the things yeah. and gets rid of all his fun stuff yeah. because I'm a pussy. And you know, a- Apparently, kind of you can't reference Harold Chipman these days. <laughs> what the fuck's <laughs> that all about? <laughs> you can't call Adele fat. Yeah. I mean, I think probably on the podcast it's okay, but once it's written down and on the internet, you're, you're forever the guy yeah. who called Adele fat. And then just know, knowing our luck, Adele will, like, die. Yeah. And she'll then we'll die. Be, we'll be trolls. And she'll die of some sort of fat accident. <laughs> like she'll put her head in an oven or some shit. Yeah. And then it'll be, oh, these were the guys who made a joke about her choking on a fray bent pie because she forgot to take it out the tin. But and then we'll be vilified. <laughs> but just to, just to confirm, at this moment in time, Sunday the, what is it? Uh, the, the 9th something. of July, uh, she's alive. Yeah. This is satire. Exactly. Um, it's, it's completely satirical. Because I could see this getting out of hand. She dies in a fat accident. We're the ones who get the blame. I lose my jobs. I get my dog taken off us. My cat taken off us. Next thing you know, I'm under a bridge giving my hand jobs. We've got the fantasy football side covered. Neil's made a super cool website. We're going to try and bring you a bit of everything. We've got some hopefully unique articles that we're putting out. But as you'll notice, a lot of our posts are to do with another interest of ours, which is craft beer. So would you like to talk about your lineage in beer drinking? My lineage in beer drinking? Well... He's um, an established beer drinker. I started off uh, a nine-stone weakling many years ago. <laughs> and over the years, I've evolved into the machine that I am now. He's a nine-plus stone weakling now. <laughs> I, I've always liked beer, I guess. I've never been a super fan of, like... Well, actually, I say I haven't been a super fan of, like, generic lagers, but to be honest, I have literally drank thousands of pints of <laughs> generic. That wouldn't be a lie. That would be true. <laughs> Yeah, but more recently I like this sort of craft beer thing, even though it's kind of been a bit taken over by the breweries and now you get like Heineken craft beer or whatever. But Guinness, Guinness craft beer. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that Guinness. I, I don't mind a hop house, but I kind of hate you too for doing that. Yeah, but you know, it's like actually think the beer tastes better because it has a taste of something. So I guess in a way it's a good thing. My beer journey started from slightly more humble beginnings. Like any 18-year-old going out drinking. Of course I was drinking Alcapops to start with. So uh, You know what? You say that, but I didn't. Okay, <laughs> well, you say that now, in hindsight. So I started along no, on I that. No, I didn't. The Alcapop journey. Now, any Alcapop drinker, if you want to get into beers, the natural progression from there is probably like a Corona. So I think I switched to a Corona. I luckily missed out the Colin and Foster's era, which I'm ever grateful for. Then I think I evolved to... Maybe premium European beer. I probably worked my way through Stella, Peroni, and the like. And then I got on board a little bit with the sort of hipstery craft beer revolution, discovered brew dogs, and then that's pretty much where the story begins with my beer drinking. Big fan of everything hoppy, everything pale basically, everything hipster. Another part of the podcast we're going to do, one of the features, is every episode we're going to bring you probably about two different beers each podcast, you think? Yeah, normally we're going to be drinking one and we're also going to, it's not like a review, but we're going to carefully select one beer every episode slash game week. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to drink it together, uh, we're going to talk about it, 
Um, normally, these are suggestions from someone else on Twitter or Facebook. And then wh what we're going to do is our idea is that we're going to select 15 beers over the course of the season. And these are going to be our craft fantasy beer squad. And then we're going to pick a final starting 11 uh, in the last game week type thing. Yeah, same by position. So it's going to be our craft fantasy beer team. So we, ha we have two different beers this week, and I have a five points field day citrus pail. Um, as you can see, it's got a lovely, adorable little kitten on the front of it. So already I'm a fan of that. It's very mild, very hoppy, very nice, 4.2%. And I'm currently polishing off a, a dead pony club that we have with lunch. And I'm about to consume five points pills. And actually, the very nice people at Five Points sent us a gift box of craft beer to drink on the podcast. So, thank you, Five Points. We love you, Five Points. This beer I'm drinking is awesome. Yeah, really yeah. is. Like, mine's like, looks super cold. It's mm. been in the fridge for a while. It's described as a crisp, refreshing, unfiltered Pilsner lager, dried up with traditional noble hops. And as a noble guy, I really appreciate it. You are a noble, noble guy. guy. Yeah, noble hops. And mine, refreshing citrus pale ale, mosaic hops, which I'm a big fan of, Sicilian lemon and grapefruit zest. And it is grapefruity, but it's not too overly fruited. You know, sometimes you get them and they taste like somebody's pissed a little out. This one's good. I quite like the Sicilian lemon thing. Mm. You know, that it has to be Sicilian lemon. Like, somehow a lemon from Sicily tastes better than a lemon from, I don't know, where, where do you come from now? Spain or something? Greenwich? I don't know. Who, where do you get lemons from these days? It's funny, my, my uh, in-laws, they have a pub and it's sort of like a countryside pub where they do food and this type of thing. And um, my brother-in-law, he works sort of like, he's the bar manager. And he was telling me that uh, one day, a few weeks ago, somebody came in and says, uh, okay, I'll have a pint of Stella or whatever. And do you have any um, Sicilian craft lemonade? He actually asked for it, Sicilian <laughs> Sicil lemon craft aid. Sicilian Jesus lemonade, Christ. and uh, Leon, that's, that's his name, was just like, uh, we got Sprite. <laughs> <laughs> My answer would have been like, why would we have that? Yeah, but apparently it's a thing. What happened yeah. to a double Gordon's and ice? Uh, with a Shreps. Exactly, always Shreps, wasn't it? Or a Brit fake at a push. Yeah, uh, like you get these little bottles of Shreps at the pub, I love them. You know, sometimes I work behind the bar and like, because you, you, you serve and you meet so many different people, it kind of like blurs in uh, like one moment or so. And because you're behind the bar and even when you're quite busy, you've still got like your own train of thought type thing going on. Like background thoughts. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So you're like constantly assessing the situation. Like, is this guy going to give me hassle because the beer's not to the perfect temperature of him? Is this woman going to ask for a particular coloured straw? Whatever like that. And I had this one woman and she was like, oh, I'll have a, a gin tonic. And I just sort of looked at her and said, slimline? <laughs> and when she was like a let, larger lady. Let, let me guess, she, she was not slimline. Oh my god, I was like <laughs> mortified. And I realised what, realized what I did straight away. And I was like, oh, you know, slimline, regular. You, know, <laughs> you might as well have Ice and lemon. And she's like, oh, just regular. And of course I don't have ice and lemon, it's a dream team. As well as our drinker, we have our review beer this week, which is a Russian Imperial Stout. And we're going to be trying that and drinking it a bit later on.
our background with fantasy football. You played before me, so you kicked this off. Oh, I've been doing it for, for years. I literally started... Tell it wasn't quite stone tablets. But you did have to like write your team down. Uh, on and, paper? On paper and write a sort of letter to the Telegraph. With a pen? <laughs> I remember like my uh, one year my differential was Robbie Fowler. You know, some cheap kid that I needed as like to make up for, I don't know, I think I was trying to buy Dean Saunders or someone like that. You know? Yeah, Robbie, <laughs> Robbie Saunders. He used to be young at one point. Was Dean Saunders, he was like my, uh, he was my Aguero at the time. Didn't so quite work out. But... Did you have the normal format? You'd have different positions, different values, and then what did you do? Just pick 11 players, and that was your 11 for the whole I think season. So, yeah, there was no subs. And was and there no transfers? There no transfers, no, no subs. So you, you, you could. Put a team in, and then somebody just dies a week later. Yeah, I and think Robbie Fowler actually just broke his leg as well. Yeah. So he was done. I had uh, another like really cheap player kid I picked up one year was Dwight York. Uh, he scored like a buttload of goals for me. Up and coming talent was that when he was at? Ooh, where did he start? Villa was, it was it? Villa, yeah. Yeah, so I used to do that. Then um, I w- moved on from the Telegraph, and I started doing the Sun because the Sun was easier to enter. You could like use your parents' phone. Yeah, bill. that's also my first memory was doing the Sun. You'd have the newspaper, you'd pick all the players you wanted, and then you'd dial in on this number that cost like eighty-three pounds a minute, and then you would put the codes in for the players. Yeah. So I of course did that on the office phone because why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, I I remember doing it with pe- uh, my parents and they had like a re- the phone from the 1950s. It was know? like a Flintstone phone. You had to like... <laughs> you dial. So it didn't do the beepy tones. So I, you required a beepy tone phone and I would save it just to plug it in whenever I needed to enter some sort of competition. Yeah, that was fun. And I actually was like... I can't remember if I was like top, top, but or just top 10. But the first week one year, and I think it was 93, 94, like first premiership season, I was like... Had it printed in the paper, you know, Neil's team of pros was there, like. There was probably like seven people entered, but. No, I, I tell you, man, a lot of people entered because yeah. the prizes were like really good. Yeah, I, I remember that actually when I started playing the Sun much later on, it was probably like a good eight years after that. They used to do like a monthly manager of the month and the prizes were pretty cool. Yeah, it was like 50k or something like that. And like mid 90s, that was. You know, that was like a million pounds. So that was my first attempt. Then when did you... You must have went on to Yahoo after that. The Yahoo, yeah. I, was to, I moved to Switzerland for a lot of years. And I hung out with an American guy. And he was like just learning about soccer. And we... Yeah, he actually invited me to join the private league. Dick's Ducks. Is that where Dick's Ducks started in Yahoo? Yeah. So we've been doing this Dick Stucks League now for 12, 13 years or something in different guises. To his credit, Jed learned the game very fast and he won it most seasons. He was like the Man United of this group. He was really good at it. Oh, he dominated. Absolutely. Yeah, it was either him or a Canadian girl, Alison, who used to win. I've never got a win under my belt. I mean, I might have won it in what I consider to be my debut season. Now we have we have some disagreement on this because technically I did answer the year, I did enter the year before, but I mean I never really picked a team most weeks. So does that count as really playing you the game? Picked a team, it was shit, it did nothing. So he's discounting it as you know, then he's calling his second season as a debut season. I'm gonna call it a debut win. So <laughs> I he brought he brought a member of the family in and asked took away that stranglehold monopoly won the league in my debut season it, what uh, I would say that was his, actually his second season playing the game w- he's calling it his debut sign season sign details but I would say I won it at, at a canter would that be fair to say 
Uh, you got lucky early on. Got lucky early on, man. Now, the mini league was the making and the breaking of me because I did take a pretty healthy lead. I think by about Christmas, I was like 230, 240 points up and I started to get a little bit bored and doing some crazy stuff, which really affected the overall position. I think I ended up about 15,000 from the world, but at one point, I think I was top 1,000. I'll never captain John Stones again. I'll tell you that, John Stones. <laughs> Your card is marked. How did you do in the world, actually? You know, you... Uh, 15,000? No, not bad. Top 1%, you other 1% as know who you are. <laughs> League club. How did you do overall last season? And I think your journey is equally important as, say, the person who won it. You think? Yeah, because you know what went right. You had a really good second half of the season and a poor start, and I did it the other way around. So I think I'm going to learn just as much from what I did bad as I did good. That's why I'm pleased I kind of tailed off a bit towards the end. Well, it's very kind of you to say that, but actually I started to do better when I, when I actually stopped playing the game. I didn't stop playing, but I decided to stop fucking about with the team, and then I suddenly started doing better. So <laughs> if I stopped making decisions, they were mostly the right decisions to stop making them. Number one FPL mistake is head fucking yourself and getting in your own way. You can overthink this shit too much. Like I see all you people doing pretend draft picks and looking into it far too much. There's such a thing as getting in your own way too much. Being too reactionary. Everybody wants to ace it and get the player who's on form, but... You look at how many points you eat at transfers at the end of the season and it just kills you. I think you found that a little bit as well, didn't you? Yeah, I think second half of the season I only had like... Oh, I see it. No, like, I had a bad January, I think. Like, Claudio Ranieri calls this guy the Tinker guy. I mean, that's how many changes he was making. Tell me about your famous Rooney transfer. How well did that one go? Yeah, I transferred in Rooney. Cost me eight points because I had to sell another guy or something and I had to get in because I had too many Man U players. Then Rooney never played and yeah, I ended up getting rid of him. He cost me a lot. So. There, was a, there was a few moments yeah, like that. This guy told me to get him in. I said it's an option. <laughs> you didn't. You said, I, I'm, already picking my, I'm already making transfers like the Saturday of the previous game week. A lot of our transfers were done on the road as well when we'd go on sort of trips away. Um, with one of the other main contestants in the league, Jan, who was my arch nemesis for all of last season. You know, I was giving him a bit of the Mourinho, I was a bit of the bad boy of the league, it'd been my debut season and whatnot. So I was roughing him up a bit with a bit chat, and uh, he said to me, he went, you don't bother me, I'm going for second place anyway. The ultimate irony being, he got pipped at the post and he only ended up in third. Yeah, well, I've been playing uh, the game with this guy for years, and uh, he, he's not adverse to making rash decisions. Like on Yahoo, the difference was he could uh, make unlimited transfers every week. He's also an Everton fan, Belgian Everton fan. I don't know, he doesn't know why he starts supporting Everton. He thinks he was because he liked the colour blue or whatever. But he was, he, <laughs> that's what he said. I like the colour blue. I like blue and I hate winning stuff. Let's support <laughs> Everton. Yeah, and it happened to be the mid 80s as well when they were winning and nothing mm, to do with yeah. that. But he would sit there and Everton would be like, you know, two down. He'd have some Spurs players, they'd be one down. He'd be getting rid of his entire team the, the game week before and, and switching them out with other guys. But, you know, respect to the guy. He would, he would, he would take a stand against these, you know, these jumped up, uh, overpaid egos. He's an emotional picker as well. He'll back his guys. He'll have a Belgian guy. He had Kevin Morales, for God's sake. He captained Kevin Morales. Triple captain them. If that's not patriotism and being loyalty a club, then what is? Um, and there's guys he'll just refuse to pick as well. He wouldn't. If Diego Costa was £5 million and he was banging in hat-tricks every week, Jan wouldn't pick him, would he? Yeah, because he doesn't like his face. No, he wouldn't have Costa coffee. He'd be having none of that. That is our FPL journey as such. Um, 
We've got our mini league Dicks Ducks. What we're hoping to get going at some point as well is we're going to have an FPL wildcards mini league. We'll be putting the pin out when game week starts, so we'd like you all to enter that. And also as well, we're going to be doing a second podcast on the FPL wildcards network, and that's going to be me and Greg, who some of you already know. Now, Greg is what I would describe as a footballing buffoon. Like, this guy knows nothing. His last memories of football are watching Peter Beardsley play. So I'm going to get him involved in the FPL process this week from a rookie point of view. And we're going to use him as sort of a litmus test for the articles that we're putting out. And he's going to pick his team sort of entirely based on advice that we've provided. Uh, if Obviously, if he does well, we'd be taking full credit for it. Um, uh, if he doesn't, then it's his, it's his own fault. Yeah, because he's an idiot, basically. He's a rookie. He is a rookie, yeah. You know, rookies. This is actually genuinely his debut season. <laughs> Unlike mine, which has a slight asterisk on it, even though it was. We were originally going to call it the FPL Virgin. <laughs> but, you know, we looked into it and there was some <laughs> issues with that. Try typing an FPL Virgin on Google. Don't do it at work. I did that. Don't do it at work. Yeah, the domain authority on the word Virgin isn't super exciting. No. So excited from a marketing point of view, we're not going to get involved with Virgins. No. So the plan is, once a week, we're going to do the Wildcards podcast. You're going to get craft beer. We're going to look at the FPL action for the week ahead. We're going to bring you some regular features. What we're really looking to do is get in depth with some analytics as well. Neil's putting together a whole load of stats that we're going to use. And we're going to try and use them to help you make informed decisions. So we hear a lot of myths, potentially myths, that might be true around the FPL world. You'll have all heard them. Lukaku never scores away from home. He never scores against the top six teams. We really want to take things like that and break them down and see if the stats prove those points or disprove it. Lukaku never scores away from home. He's never scored a goal away from home since he was born. That is fact. I will corroborate that. Okay, he scored like two last season. Uh, okay, three maybe. M- maybe nine, and if all, you look at squad. And they're all getting looked into because they were deflections. Yeah, very dubious goals. They weren't real goals. No, they don't count. I think tapping should like get less points. Do you get points for match-winning goal? You no, no you, you get bonus points, but I still don't truly know how the bonus point system works. I think for an attacker, it's related to shots at goal and maybe key passes. And obviously a goalkeeper is based on saves. Uh, it used to be in the sun, it was simple. They did a star man, the person who got the star man, they got the extra points. Whereas in this one, I don't really get how it works. Relatively speaking, you can see from the stats who were high bonus point scorers next season and imagine that they'll replicate that this season. Yeah, because you can take it too far, because remember in Yahoo, like midfielders used to get points for breathing. Yeah, like what was it you got points for? Getting fouled. Getting fouled. Frank Lampard used to, used to end up with 30 odd points at the end of the game and he'd done nothing. Got kicked around a bit and he was getting points for it. I mean, he used to score 15 goals a season, but they were all dubious. Ghost points, we used to call them. They were probably all deflections in some way. Mm, Lukaku goals. Exactly. So another feature we're going to do with the show is a betting feature. Um, I'm quite partial to an accumulator or two, so since we're doing all of this research for fantasy football, it obviously in some level translates into real football. So we're going to pick a five-team premiership accumulator for you each week, post that up on the website and on Twitter. We're going to stake £10 ourselves, and then we're going to track our monetary progress and see how we're doing. Just a little bit extra something, hopefully you can back our bets, win a bit of money yourself. I we're literally putting our money where, the, where our microphone mouths are. Exactly. I'm, I'm not just 
interested in who's going to win a game, who's going to lose a game. I like a little thing called, you know, six or more corners for a certain team. So some of the parlays you'll find will be like Swansea to get more than six corners against West Brom. Just go with it. It makes it a really fun bet. And we're going to also chart the progress of the funds that we make. Exactly. So just expect to see that money total just skyrocketing on the screen. We're going to turn £10 into £10 million. Exactly. And you could be part of it. <laughs> with this pyramid scheme, it's not a pyramid scheme. <laughs> they always say that in pyramid schemes. So it's the first thing they say, this is not a pyramid scheme. It's a reverse equity vacuum. <laughs> it's an upside down shape triangle. Dead air. You're going to hear that from time to time. As well as dead air, you're going to hear us go, dead air. You'll just have to go with us on that one. Hopefully, they get a little bit less as we go on. Yeah, it's like a nervous tick. When we don't have anything to say, mm. the dead air kicks the in. The dead air kicks in. So, going back to fantasy football, this year's game, uh, I believe it's Tuesday that the new prices are coming out. I see everybody online eagerly awaiting it. They cannot wait for this shit. But FPL have done teaser this year, so they've brought out a few prices for some select people already. I think the one I've seen people going most crazy over is Josh King being reclassified as a forward. That's bullshit. Case in point. And being made 7.5 million. Uh, if you look at his points, I guess it's not a stretch. Which is where I was going to head to. Like, <laughs> what do people expect? He got shitloads of points last season and he scored loads of goals. And the reason he was cheap to start with is because nobody picked him and he'd done nothing. So now that he did loads last season, got loads of goals and everybody's picking him, of course his value is going to go. But that's the fun of the game, is finding next season's Josh King. Do you think that people are not going to pick him this season? Yes. Because he's expensive? Yes. And then he goes on to score a shitload of goals and the people who did pick him are going to do well? I don't think so. Well. I think he's going to do nothing. He takes the penalties, man. I, Defoe though, you don't think Defoe's going to take penalties when he comes in? I guess so, yeah. Uh, everything's going to go through Defoe, you'd like to think. 98% of Defoe's goals have been penalties throughout his career. Yes, that is corroborated, that is direct from... <laughs> <laughs> insert website, we took that Stats.com. Stats.com. <laughs> if that's an actual website, we are joking, that was for parody only. Uh, find out. Maybe we don't have there. any money, please might, don't say it. Might be on there, I don't know. Might be. We've got Leroy Sané, who I think, if I'm right in thinking, is now 8.5 million. I believe last season he might have started around the 7, 7.5 mark, and he did pretty well when he played. He's always got a goal in him, he's always got an assist in him, he looks dangerous, pacey. Man City are going to be awesome next season, I think, as well, as an mm -hmm. attacking force. But the only problem you've got with Man City is because they're going to be going so much forward, it's like they're going to get loads of goals, but I think the goals and assists are going to be shared around and distributed around the team. So that might sort of water down the eventual points that he takes. And at 8.5 million, he's not what you'd call a budget player. You would yeah. consider picking him, wouldn't you? Me? No. No, you wouldn't take I'm him? Not, because I'm, I'm toying with this idea that next season I'm going to pick all three Man City FWDs forwards. So we don't even know who Man City's third forward's going to be yet. Because Ignacio, yeah. if that's a real name, is probably going to leave. I would think it's going to be one of the most advanced forwards, like maybe the new guy, Silva. Well, whatever. But then, then you guarantee that one of these dudes is going to play. Or two of them, or whatever, or three of them. You never guaranteed anything. Okay, Man, Man City, you've got to pick a striker. 
What about if they all go on a rubber dinghy boat together, okay? It's a special training exercise. All the defenders get in a rubber dinghy, all the goalkeepers get in a rubber dinghy, midfielders and the three forwards in a rubber dinghy. As they're on the rubber dinghy, Sergio Aguero decides, I'd really love a barbecued hot dog. They barbecue the hot dog, the rubber dinghy catches a light, and they're all out for the season with like third degree burns. Okay, if that happens then they'll have to cancel the Premiership, there'll be no FPL. Why would they cancel the Premiership though? If one team can't play, no, there's only only the three guys, only the three forwards become injured because they were in a uh, separate dinghy. Too much, man. There'll be there'll be some sort of incident. Oh, imagine if that happened. Imagine you blew thirty million and all three forwards got injured at the same time. What through third degree hot dog burns? Exactly. <laughs> then who'd be laughing? Uh, probably you. So that's one way of doing it. Another thing I've heard people talking about online is, um, which makes a bit of sense with the two goalkeepers having both of the goalkeepers from the same club. So likes of Bournemouth. They've obviously just signed Begovic, who's a pretty good bet. And then you're going to have Boric backing them up. Yeah, but I think Boric will leave. You think? Then you'll be stuck with a dude who doesn't, who doesn't exist. Fair point. So maybe the key to that is you've got to find... What example did you give? Um, Which team would you I take? I think I might get like Tom Heaton and whoever his buddy is. Yeah, like his mate on the bench. <laughs> Stick both of them in, the logic being. If Heaton plays every game, great. You've got a good keeper who's going to get points. If he has some sort of hot dog boating fire accident and his mate has to come in, you've got him too. Plus as well, the second goalkeeper is likely to be reasonably cheap. So it's not a bad option to do that. Again, you've got the freak chance that they both get injured or one of them leaves in the January transfer window. But just eat the transfer. It's not a big deal. One of our more controversial articles as well, which I am giving serious consideration to, is going with the crazy notion of not selecting Harry Kane at the start of the season. I'm not going to select him because he doesn't play for Man City. Another great point. I started writing this article and I was like, I thought really strongly about it. I thought, yeah, I'm not going to have Kane. And as I started writing the article, it was a bit of a hard write. But then when I started to get into it a bit more, I sort of convinced myself that I think it's a legit good decision to make. So if you look at his stats for the first half of both the last two seasons, he hasn't done a load in the first five games, but he ends the season super strong. Like, obviously, you look at last season, but even the season before, barring the game where Newcastle basically destroyed them, a game which I was at and enjoyed every moment of, he's closed the season out pretty well. With Harry Kane, I think it's a fair option. He's going to be 13 million, so why do you need to have him in your team at the very start of the season? Like, you could wildcard him in, you could swap him in for somebody. Why not take the chance as a differential of letting everybody else pick him and being super expensive, taking up resources, and then gamble on the fact he's going to do nothing for five games. But what if he's on fire? Could be on fire. He starts slow, man. He's a slow burner. Oh, man, you've convinced me to pick him now. <laughs> Excellent. You go ahead with that. All I need is from you transfer to Man City. Then I'll have uh, Jesus, Kane, and Aguero up front, man. Ooh, I think it's game over if that happens for everybody. And in addition to that, we've got Lacazette, who I think is going to be 10 million. I think they've confirmed it, 10 million. I might be wrong, like, give us loads of grief if I am. He's an interesting one. Normally, I wouldn't put new strikers from a different league straight into the team, as I think there's a settling in period um, in the English Premier League, but I'm strongly considering putting him in. I just think with the players he's likely to have behind him, Ozil, possibly Sanchez if he stays, I think Arsenal are a good bet for next season as well, because they're not in the Champions League. I mean, they're in the dog shit cup, the Europa League, but that's where Danny Welbeck comes into his own and Theo Walcott. They're going to stick all those idiots out. And I think they're going to really focus strongly on the league this year. And I think that's where the likes of Lacazette, um, the new guy they've got at left back, even Sanchez if he stays, could prove super good value. 
All right, now I think it's time. It's time. For? For? The beer of the week. Beer of the week. The selected beer of the this week. This is beer of the week. <laughs> it's leaking. So, uh, condensation. This is uh, Imperial Russian Stout by Ridgeway Brewing. Should we hold it up to the camera? There we go. So, here we go. Maybe not, I'll get that a little right. bit so we're not on the label. There we go. There we go. It's got some crazy Russian writing on the front. Is that Russian? Oh, yeah, it is. It is Russian. Very cute. Yeah, so the, the bottle looks, yeah, very Russian. Uh, Ridgeway's Imperial Russian Style is a wonderfully powerful beer that famously keeps for many years and changes with age. Mmm. Like me. And thanks to at Captain underscore Kingpin on Twitter. We love you. Thanks for that suggestion. It was one a little bit from left field. Nobody's ever suggested I should drink a Russian Imperial Stout before. I didn't even know if there was such a thing. We found one thanks to Beers of Europe at yeah. Beers of Europe on Twitter. You'll have seen our video earlier today. Just want to talk about how awesome that place is, by the way. Oh my god, it's like. Uh, if you're a craft beer fan, <laughs> man, this place it's is literally mecha. rows and rows of hundreds of beers from from all over the world. It's it's incredible. It's in they had a bottle of brandy that was shaped like a gun. Yeah, like a Kalashnikov, a Russian Kalashnikov. What's that all about? It's in um, Kings Lynn, and it's uh, Sechi. Sechi, sorry, Sechi. It's sort of like in between Downham and Kings Lynn in Norfolk. And they're available online as well. They've got a website, just Google them. But basically... Their deliveries aren't even that expensive. Nah, not at all. I think they're doing uh, free delivery over £50 now as well. We're not actually sponsored Yeah, we're not sponsored by them. Sponsored by them. Any cash. It's just we an love awesome this place. place that everyone should know about. And they are actually Britain's biggest beer store. Not just craft, but like they've got a whole bunch of other stuff. They've got like all wines out in the back as well. Yeah, it's super awesome. It's like, I was literally like... A kid in, I, I want to say a kid in a sweet shop, but actually a fat man in a beer store. He was exactly that, quite <laughs> literally. <laughs> was was definitely a more accurate description. But you go in and this place is just a hypermarket for beer. You go through the door, your first row, which must go a couple of hundred metres, is just like English beers. Mm. Different styles of English beers, all local breweries, pale ales, IPAs. They've got everything you can imagine. You work your way down. They've got an unbelievable American selection. Like some of them direct imports, big bottles, stuff you'll have just never even heard of, thought of or seen anywhere unless you've been to America. And they've got a massive Belgian selection, massive German selection. Mm. And literally it is beers of the world. You go down, they've got each country alphabetically. Yeah, they've even got like, you know, that German thing where you buy the beers in the crates and take the crates back. Yep. Yeah, it's super cool. It is. But what I really like as well is that they've got like, so they've got like hundreds of beers that you've literally never heard of. Like Samuel Bullock IPA from <laughs> you know, Milwaukee somewhere. And in amongst that, they've got like regular beers as well, like Stella and Bex. Exactly. So it's like you're going to go all the way to this place and now, yeah, I think I'll just, you yeah. know, I'll take a both. Next, next to the Coors Light is a clown jizz. You're so confused. You don't know what to think. Coors Light, yeah, they had that there. You're going to fucking go then buy Coors Light. <laughs> exactly. I, I would love to know. Beers are you. Can you tell us how many, how many Coors Lights do you sell? Yeah. If, if you're going to beers of Europe and you're buying Coors Light, you should probably think about your life choices and what got you to that point. That's like going to, I don't know, what's that biggest store in London where you can buy anything? Uh, not Primark. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you know what I mean. Harold's, Harrods, Selfridges, one of those. Harrods, yeah. Harrods. He used to have the, the Fulham guy used to run it. I don't know if he's still alive. Apologies if he's not. And 
Condolences. Maybe. Does he not stand condolences? He's <laughs> killing this guy up. <laughs> doesn't know. he still own Fulham? Uh, uh, yeah. No. No? Obviously, he doesn't. Does he not? Well, no, because no one owns anything anymore. Well, if you want to get like deep on this, I guess he doesn't. Uh, where was it going? It's like going to the Harrods and buying, I don't know, a pencil sharpener. That's <laughs> not like a novelty one, just a regular pen. Not that people buy pencil sharpeners anymore. So maybe that's the only place you can get one, I don't know. Think of something like Super Ordinary you buy. Uh, I'm just going to let you go with this one and see where you uh, end up. A bottle of Budweiser. It's like going to Harrods and buying a bottle of Budweiser. That's a good choice. I remember when I, I went to Harrods, I got Harrods beer. Yeah? Yeah, it's like Harrods branded like lager or something and I bought one. They definitely did not have that in Beers of Europe. Which is worrying because when I think about it, it was like some tourist trips. I was definitely underage mm. when I was buying beer. Who let me do that? Who was the responsible parent at that time? Probably nobody. Alright, so we're going to crack open this... Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to crack it open and like we're going to do with the special beer of the week every week. Uh, keep the suggestions coming in though. We love to hear them. Exactly. Yeah, uh, so we're going to crack it open, we're going to give it a test, and we're going to give it... It has to be a unanimous decision whether we're going to let it into the Fantasy Beer squad. You can't take it lightly. You've got to look ahead. It's a long season. A 38-game yeah, yeah, yeah. week. Yeah, I think so. So you've got to consider that decision, really. It's going to have to be something special, I think, uh, to I find think its is, way. This is going to be special. Uh, it, it, already, it already looks scary. It does. Know? It's got like... A, a two-headed eagle thing on it, you know? It really looks like, sort of, Russian. What percentage was it? Uh, it's a, you know, just a 10. It's a 10? Just a 10. It's a driving beer. Yeah, exactly. Just uh, no, 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 we don't... We, we don't, don't, obviously, we don't obviously not. drink driving in any shape or form. That's what you mean is... Obviously it's, satirical. It's a lawnmower beer. Exactly. <laughs> Drive a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, but it really, it really looks imposing, though, doesn't it? I mean, look at that. Yeah, it's like in Russia, beer drink you type thing. Exactly, yeah. To reuse the old meme. Could see some scary guy with a hat made from an animal drinking it. Right, and it's a 3.30 bottle, if anyone cares. Okay, we're gonna... Coincidentally as well, or not so coincidentally, this was also purchased from Beers of Europe today. Along with our haul of beers we're gonna bring you over the course of the season. And I'm sure some breweries will also send us some more things they'd like us to test. Alright, there we Ooh. go. So let's just have a little look at this in the glass oh, first sorry. before we delve in. Alright, there you go. Yikes! Ooh, that smells like carpet cleaner. Whoa. Like specifically rug doctor. <laughs> it you does smell so... like a rug doctor. Like a <laughs> freshly rug doctored carpet. I'm quite a fan of the rug doctor. Like, I, I, I oh. literally enjoy rug doctoring. So whenever anyone needs carpets cleaning, I'm kind of the volunteer who does it, which sounds really weird, but I did get to do the in-laws pubs. So I got a carpet clean nose and I can say with, with authority that this smells like the special rug doctor solution. Which is, but I mean, you can't judge a beer by its aroma. Mm. Like or its appearance. Belgian ones that smell gross. But anyway, uh... When you first told me you'd got a rug doctor, I literally had no clue what it was about. I thought it was some sort of weird slang for like a gynecologist or something. <laughs> I had no clue what it meant. Alright, right. so here we go. Have you, have you tasted it yet? Uh, you know what I did? I pressed my lips to the glass and I kind of recoiled. <laughs> so, if you call that a taste. Right, let's go. Ah. Mm. Ah. Oh, that's tart. It's how tart that is. Oh, that is something else, that. Uh, ah. That is bold. Oh. That is bold. 
I would say it's got like notes of toffee and cinder, but that would be bullshit. <laughs> no, it has, it has. It has. It's got the aftertaste of uh, caramel for sure. It does. Oh, it's just strong as shit, really, isn't like it? Like Highland toffee. Oh man, what, what do you do when you're in Russia? Do you think you go out and drink this by the pint? Like, oh, I'll have six of these. Yeah, but you got to remember, this is like some brewery in England, some guy going doing this. Yeah. Let's recreate Russian uh, carpet cleaner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but some guy also Captain John Stones as well. So you know, there's idiots in the world. That was you. So each beer we drink on the podcast each week, we'll also post some links up to the brewery on Twitter, and we'll post some stuff on our website as well. So, website again, fplwildcards.com. We're going to have a separate section on there dedicated to craft beer, which we're very excited about. And we're also going to be linked to Untapped. If anybody doesn't know what Untapped is, it's basically, if you like craft beer, you need this app on your phone. How would you describe Untapped? It's sort of like a platform for finding... It's like Tinder for beer. It's like Tinder for beer, kind of. Except you don't get chlamydia and disappointment at the end, you just get a beer. The idea would be you can rate and review beers on it. So you go somewhere, you get a beer, you drink it, you can then tag the brewery, upload your own photo, put your own review on it, and then give it a star out of five. So other people, if they type in that beer, it'll bring up the list of reviews. But it's also quite a cool way if you go somewhere, like say you went to Leeds, I don't know why you'd want to go to Leeds, but people do that. Go to Leeds, um, and if you want to find where the craft beer scene is there, or you want to find if they've got a particular drink, you can sort of type it in, and it'll find it by your location as well. How would you rate this? Because like, the thing is, I'm not... Like, I, I love Guinness. I used to drink Guinness all the time. And I'm not a Guinness fan, I'll be honest. Uh, that's not my scene. I don't like hoppy stuff. But, uh, sorry, I like hoppy stuff. I don't like dark stuff. I'm not a keen of chocolate or stout or anything I like that. I think you either. probably, like just done the really wrong thing so like stout drinkers probably recoil at some guy saying oh well you know i like guinness it's... i don't like guinness. you know it would be like you saying oh i like craft ale and someone saying oh well, you know i drink uh fosters or whatever but i don't know <laughs> see i don't i'm not part of the scene what so maybe that? someone is part of the stout scene will think this is this is like right up their street yeah but for me personally this is a little bit like, I like strong t- flavours. I like strong mm. tastes. Like, like a Belgian beer. Belgian beers, mm. and I love whiskies and brandies and things like that. And the stronger, the better for me, like, tasting. It, this... doesn't, it doesn't grow on you. Uh, maybe this is a winter beer. I, I cannot think of what situation this beer would call for. I can. Like, yeah? If you kidnap somebody and you want to get some information out of them... <laughs> Potentially, but Ridgeway, we really respect what you're doing, and we are not, we are not educated. People. No, this is not a knock on the beer. This no, might no, be no. an absolutely fantastic Russian-style stout. Is that what it is? Uh, Imperial stout. Imperial stout. It's just that I don't think we aren't the biggest fans of this particular genre of beer. Basically, we're Philistines. If anyone out there wants to educate us on the finer parts of Russian stout, please do. Yeah, I can recognise that this has, a, it has a distinct taste. It's a perky little number, we'll give it that. But, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking we've got a long season, we've got 38 game weeks, I'm thinking this might not make the squad. I don't know man, this could be like the... This the, could be the dark horse. It could be, literally. Dark, yeah. very dark. But I think maybe we needed to have another couple of stouts and try and educate ourselves. And oh, do we, so we should put it on the back burner for now, but I wouldn't like to commit to this beer. No. To be in the team. No. I think the team has to be... a. Uh, unanimously 
we love every part of it mm -hmm. ourselves. It's our team. There's certain parts of this particular beer I don't like. I mean, other than the smell, appearance, taste, it's it's good. I like the bottle. I like the bottle. If you had to compare it to a player's performance from last season, who would you compare it to? Yeah, which which Premiership player is this beer? Mm, it's offensive. Uh, leaves a bad taste in your mouth. <laughs> doesn't perform very well. Well, I don't uh, say it doesn't like. Ooh. You see, we're knocking it. It's like, oh, it's it, it'll break your legs. How about Lee Catamore? Lee, no, it's definitely not Lee Catamore. You don't think so? No. It's ugly, it's obnoxious, it'll no, 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 chuck you down a flight no. of stairs in an instant. Lee Catamore's all, all mouth with no bollocks to back it up. That is this, true. This has got bollocks. This does have bollocks. This is like studs out, what you see is what you get. Mm. Who would that be? Always got a yellow card in him. Ooh, I'm thinking like a West Brom midfielder or a Stoke midfielder. Mm. Ooh, maybe like a Glenn Whelan. Glenn Whelan. Yeah, there's nothing glamorous about Glenn Whelan, uh, is this, there? This is Glenn Whelan. Yeah. This is Glenn Whelan. He, might, he, he could get you the points, though. He could, he's, he's probably not going to, but he could, he could do something. Glenn Whelan. We're drinking Glenn Whelan. Mm. Not, not his actual fluid, because that would be I bet we're not the first disgusting. people to say that. Huh? Oh. So, so, that was the... So, we're going to decide that this probably isn't for the 15. No. It's not. Sorry, Ridgeway, Russian Imperial Stout. Like I said, we recognise what you're doing. You're doing some great work, I'm sure. I bet you've got some great beers. It's awesome, but this is not to our particular taste. No. So this goes in, we think, the no pile for now. Yeah. Get back to fantasy football next season. I'm gonna pick. We'll go player for player from the top of your head. Who are gonna be at this stage your top five picks for next season? You got five shoeins. You think you're gonna have mine? Yeah, go with yours. Okay, I'm definitely gonna pick Tom Heaton for how much he cost. Was the best goalkeeper last season without a doubt. Better than Pickford. I'm not gonna touch Pickford. He'd be too expensive. So what would you what would your limit be for value on Heaton? How much would you up our limit be? Would you take him still if he's five point five? Because you've got to look at it as a holistic thing. Yeah. You know, it's it's where you how much you know I kind of make say how what my upper limit would be because if I've got if I can afford him I'll take him. But I'd say a Tom Heaton. Tom Heaton. Uh, as a shoe in another shoe in will be a Spurs defender either at Vertonghen or Alderweireld. Definitely mm -hmm. they're a shoe in because. They get consistent points. Would you look at Trippier if Walker moves? No, because... No? He gets assists. Well, he's a good crosser of the ball. He's probably yeah, going to get some Spurs assists. Spurs are already looking at the right-backs, you know, so I don't know if he's going to play or not. Mm. I don't think he will, so I'm not going to look at him. Um, another shoe in. So how many have got? i got two. you got two so far. You took a goalkeeper, a defender. If you could take a midfielder, strikers, that would be great. I'll take Hazard. you take Hazard again. Yeah. Does it worry you a bit, though, that... Chelsea was super good last season, but Conte didn't rotate at all because they weren't in the Champions League. So you're not worried about rotation next season or Hazard dipping form if they're playing Champions League too? Hazard never worries me. Hazard never worries? He worries me constantly. You'll just die for like three games in a row sometimes. I'll take Hazard. You'll be more expensive as well, but again, uh, it's relative. Potentially Lanzini if he starts. Oh, all about Lanzini. Uh, if you check our article, fplwellcards.com, 
We've got a section, top five bargain enabler midfielders. I believe Lanzini's part two. Big fan of Lanzini. He could be, yeah, he could could get the points. Because someone made a good point as well. The thing with Lanzini is, if you look at his performance in January when Payet left, he's so much better because he's seeing more of the ball. Because Payet was kind of the one-man show, wasn't he? Mm. He was the one taking the free kicks, taking the corners, doing everything. So now that he's left, it's made Lanzini free up much more as an attacking threat. So I think he's got loads of potential for next season. I'll take Manny. You take Manny? Mm. Uh, like Manny, Manny, not Sunny. <laughs> Manny, Manny, not Sunny, Manny. Yeah, you know what I mean. That the dude who plays for Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll take him. So I think with Mane, Liverpool next season, they're likely to play... Ooh, what do you think they'll do? One up front, and then no Sa- Salah and Mane either side? Mane's never scored away from home. Never scored away from home. So I'll have like another guy that comes in for him. <laughs> to rotate. Uh, and I'll take all three Man City attackers. You're definitely going with that. I don't know. Yes. Yes? That's a promise? That's what you're going to do? <sighs> what about even if Ignacio stays and it's him, Aguero and Jesus are three attackers and they cost you, say, ooh, 28 million for all of them? That'd be worth it to win it. Yeah? You do yeah, it? Yeah, for sure. Okay, that's cool. So I think my five picks I'm going to go with. I've got to back my boy, Lanzini. Like I say, I wrote an article about him. I think he's got a big upshot this this season and I think he'll come in quite cheap. I'm hoping six and a half maybe at the most. Maybe cheaper than that. You think? It'd be like five and a half. Oh, I would hope so. That would be awesome. Um, and I'm going to go with a Southampton defender. And I'm looking at either Bertrand or Cedric, I think. If Cedric stays, I think they're both super good options. And I think Southampton will play a lot more <laughs> attacking next season. I love his name as well, Cedric. Cedric. I just think of like some little guy in glasses and a ball of hat. <laughs> Cedric. He'd look like Hans Moleman off the Simpsons, just <laughs> hobbling about with his car. Exactly. Um, so we've got Cedric or Bertrand. And then goalkeeper, I've been thinking about this a lot, but I think Fraser Foster is possibly a good option, depending on his price. I think Southampton will keep clean sheets. I think he'll play every game. Strikers, I'm torn between people, but I'm thinking I will go with... If Olivier Giroud moves, if he goes to West Ham or Everton, he's an absolute shoo-in for me. I'll be picking him straight away. And then I think my fifth one is going to be Lacazette as well. because. Yeah, I see him playing every game. I think that uh, Prem defenders know will handle him too easily. You think? He's not good enough for the Premiership. Ooh, that's a bold call. Would he go as far as to say he's crap? He's crap. Yeah, this is Neil's claim about every player. So on the WhatsApp group, we'll be like, oh, so-and-so has signed for somebody. Neil, within three seconds, he's crap. Well, usually they are. Have you seen him play, Neil? No, but he's crap. Okay, why are teams selling them? Because they're Uh, crap. Because they want money. Nah, he's crap. Yeah. Is Lukaku crap? Lukaku is crap. Don't get Lukaku. He's crap away from home. Nah, in all seriousness, I think Lukaku is a good option for next season as well. He's at Man U. He's going to probably play every game. I think he's going to get relatively good service, which means there's also a good upstart and prospects for Pogba as well. He could be a good choice for next season. I expect him to have a better season, do a bit more than he did last time. Yeah, I think Pogba couldn't do any worse. No, definitely not.
So I think we're coming near the end. Obviously, this is the first podcast. We've yeah. had a few audio issues. Thanks for anybody who joined us. Um, yeah. We're going to be available on iTunes, FPL Wildcards, on SoundCloud, yeah. and hopefully Stitcher maybe. There's going to be a bunch of show notes for all the crap that we've talked about. Yeah, we're going to have some show notes. Obviously, we'll edit this down and clean up the audio a bit. Like I say, we're just getting the grips with the setup and things. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is like, we're just finding our feet right now, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing what works, how the format is. Exactly. It's, we're virgins at this, you could say. You yeah, could yeah. say rookies, whatever. Yeah. And if you just check out the website again, fplwildcards.com, there's a load of articles on there. You can find links for everything we do, the podcast, the show notes. We also did a MySpace account this morning, which yep. apparently still exists. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't so believe it. Actually, if yeah. anybody in the world has MySpace, hit us up on MySpace. Hit us up on MySpace, because that would be hilarious. Yeah. I think I missed the whole MySpace generation. I, I really don't have any clue what it does. Also, uh, we appreciate feedback, even if it's like constructively negative, or you just want to call us. Ooh, I'd, uh, and if you want to cyberbully us, yeah, like, exactly. that's fine. I've always wanted to be cyberbullied. Tro- troll us, man. Yeah. You know, we're big guys, we can take it. <laughs> we are. Okay, so, uh, till next time. Yep. Yeah. Bye. Kill it.